This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy, New York. Mayor Madden was elected to office in 2015. I uh, read or heard in a media account about the new seawall work in Troy. The seawall's not new. I stopped myself in time, I think, but it's just they're working on it. But you get a great view of it from your office. We do. I have a terrific view, um, and that uh, that vantage point really uh, uh, illustrates uh, the bend in the river uh, that occurs at that point. It's not something you'd notice from the street level or or if you're walking along the river, but from high up, uh, you can really see the bend in the river, and you can understand uh, how that wall has been damaged over time as the the normal flow of water the debris that comes down, the ice in the spring bangs up against that curvature in the wall right uh, right in downtown Troy. So what's happening now that's being repaired? Yes, uh, a major portion of the wall is being repaired. As I said, things uh, have uh, over the past hundred years have just whittled away at the wall and there are large voids in the wall. In addition, some point por- some portions of the wall are lower than other portions. So uh, we run the risk of, of uh, flooding, and uh, I've seen over the past three decades uh, a number of instances where the businesses along that stretch on River Street have been damaged mm-hmm. as a result of high water. So we're going in and we're re, uh, repairing the wall. In some areas, we're resurfacing it, filling in the voids. In other areas, we're putting p- new panels against the exterior of the wall and then in certain areas, we're raising the level of the wall to make it level with the, the higher portions downstream. I imagine th- this involves money from other governments or other levels like the state, the federal yes, government? Yes, yes. The total uh, cost for this is somewhere in the neighborhood of $21 million. And a large portion of that has been covered by FEMA. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Fed- Emergency Management federal Emergency Agency. Management, yep. Now, let's go over to the Troy swimming pools. In connection with getting federal aid, the Republican majority on the county legislatures passed a resolution urging you as mayor to seek state, federal, other outside funding to repair Troy's closed uh, swimming pools, the public swimming pools. Are you are you already doing that? Sure. We're Of course, we're looking for funds to repair or replace the pools. Um, this was just politicking. There was no willingness to as- assist us financially, but they were happy to tell us uh, to do what we're already doing. Uh, there are funding programs available uh, that would assist us, uh, but they require a sizable match. And unfortunately, a sizable local match would require a sizable tax increase. And that's um, uh, that's not a philosophic statement. That's just plain math. And uh, so we're searching for a solution that doesn't put such a burden on the local taxpayers. We're trying to be uh, responsible and and uh, uh, empathetic to what our taxpayers are already paying in the city of Troy. But what you're saying about the the county government was apparently the Democrats on the county legislature had put in an amendment that the county would or would, would help consider, uh, would assist in. us financially. Yeah, okay. a third of the county's residents live in the city of Troy. So uh, I think uh, a faction on the uh, county legislature said, uh, you know, let's let's give make this a meaningful resolution. Let's help the city. Uh, if they're financially strapped. goes back a little while, but there was a positive story. The Troy bond rating has moved to positive. Why did that happen? Well, I think that happened because our our, um, 
the rating agency, Moody's in this case, liked what they saw in terms of our budgeting practices, our fiscal policies, uh, and the other work that we've done to fortify the city's financial foundation. They have out- increased our outlook twice in two years, and uh, that's almost unheard of. And there are a couple of, of uh, impacts as a result of this. Mm-hmm. The rate we pay on borrowing, uh, for example, is slightly lower, a slightly better rate uh, as our outlook becomes positive. But more importantly, it, it sends a message to uh, businesses, uh, to home buyers who are looking at the city of Troy. It tells them that we're taking our finances seriously. Uh, and that we're willing to take the difficult steps to to properly manage our finances. Uh, all that said, I like to warn everybody, this does not mean that we're out of the woods yet. It does, however, mean that we're on the right path and we're headed in the right direction. Mm. And this is a, a turnaround for Troy, is it not? I mean, it wasn't too many years ago that the – Well, this is a yeah. significant turnaround for the city of Troy. When we came into office, uh, we came in on the heels of several critical – um, uh, audits by the Office of State Comptroller regarding our budgeting practices um, and a negative Moody's outlook. Uh, the outlook now uh, is uh, considered positive. It went from negative to stable to positive. Uh, and OSC has been, Office of State Comptroller has been delighted with the way that we've approached the finances. One of uh, your efforts uh, to, I guess, raise revenue uh, has come in from some criticism, though, that the Troy bulk trash fee. Uh, Troy is now charging residents who leave bulk items for pickup, I, I think couches and things like that, um, are, are now being charged. But the fee apparently surprised and angered some residents I guess on two grounds. And number one, they didn't know there was such a fee, and also they thought it was quite expensive. What, what's your response? Well, I'm I'm not sure where this notion comes from that we never charge for bulk pickup. We've we've always charged for bulk pickup in the past uh, for a good many years that I've been paying attention to it. Homeowners do rece- receive a certain amount of bulk pickup uh, for free, and uh, that's detailed on the on the city's website. Uh, but for businesses and absentee owners, they do pay for that service. So there have been no changes to those rules. Uh, it may just be that we're uh, complying with them at this point. Hmm. Um, so was there a limit, though? Or I mean, for you said that uh, absentee owners pay. Correct. What about the private uh, homeowners? So the, the owner occupant, if I were to call up and need need some things picked up, if I got a new bed or you know, changed out some plumbing fixtures. Uh, the city will will take away a pickup truckload of bulk items from the homeowner without charge. But it's you some, just need to call and schedule it. But at some point, you'll charge, wouldn't you? Or no? No, 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 not not for a pickup truckload. Okay, and you know, you could call every week for a pickup truckload. Okay, and all right, very, yep. very good. That's uh, for the that's for owner occupants, for residents of the city. Businesses, though, they would pay for a pickup. And also, still on the on the waste front, uh, you have a hazardous waste pickup coming in September. Well, it's not a pickup; it's a drop off. Okay. Uh, but you're right. On September 22nd, uh, we will have our annual hazardous waste day. We've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it provides residents the opportunity to safely dispose of hazardous materials that aren't accepted in the in the uh, normal garbage services. So. Uh, it includes a whole range of things, you know, chemicals, paints, automotive fluids, um, a whole list of things that are, you know, in those rusty cans in your basement or garage or underneath your sink. Um, 
household cleaners, polishes, and in, and in addition this year we're taking scrap metal and electronics recycling as well. Now, this is for Troy residents only. Uh, it's not for businesses. You do have to pre-register at City Hall and you'll be assigned a time frame at which uh, you can come down uh, to do the drop-off and we'll provide you a list of the items that we are accepting that day and things that we uh, cannot accept. Uh, the goal of the program is to reduce the uh, toxic, toxic and hazardous uh, waste uh, materials uh, in the uh, solid waste stream. So keep them out of the landfills. It's, a, it's an environmental initiative. Where does Troy's garbage go? Uh, well, that's a, that's a, a question I, I can't answer. I think most of it goes to the colony dump, but we have a private hauler, waste management, and uh, they um, uh, they take our we, – we bring the trash to their transfer station and then they are in charge of disposing it. I think most of it they take to the colony landfill, uh, but there may be times when they go to other landfills as well. A car share vehicle. This is a, a concept, you know, that I'm not really – I was looking at it and I thought, what? But I, I guess I understand it. Capital car share is parking one of the vehicles – outside a new apartment project or a proposed apartment project in Troy. How does this work? Oh, this is a great program. I love this program. It's, a, it's in recognition of, of the fact that a growing number of people, particularly younger people uh, who are living in the urban cores, aren't really interested in owning cars. Mm. Uh, when you think about it, a car is pretty expensive to own when you factor in your insurance, your maintenance, the depreciation, the car payment you pay each month, your gas – um, all of those uh, sorts of things. So, um, and and it, you you compound that in an urban environment where parking is is at a premium. So you have the hassle of parking uh, and the expense of parking in the in the urban areas. So if you only need a car a couple times a week to run errands, say you you live close enough to work to mm-hmm. walk to work to walk to the uh, things you like to do downtown. Uh, it doesn't make sense uh, to invest that much money in a car and more and more people are opting out of car ownership um, or they're downsizing from two cars uh, to one car. So c- Capital Car Share, it, it's a relatively new program and it leases cars by the hour or by the day. So you can join for a monthly fee. I think it's between 5 and $30 a month depending on the level of services and you can buy a single plan or a family plan. And then um, you pay for each hour that you use a car, and that fee is somewhere around uh, $10 an hour. You don't have to pay for gas. You don't have to pay for maintenance, insurance, parking, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It's all included. And um, obviously uh, in, today you can make all the arrangements to lease a car, to sign up for the program. It's all done through an app on your phone. Really? So if you want to – you know, if you if you like to go shopping, uh, grocery shopping Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning, you just pull out your phone. You reserve the car for 10 o'clock Sunday morning. You go down and a, a little code is transmitted to you and you wave it in front of the windshield and it unlocks the car for you and, and you get in and go. Mm-hmm. And then when you return it, the clock stops and you're billed for the amount of um, usage you uh, you make. So it's a great opportunity, a great alternative for people who don't need a car for a daily commute or a couple that might want to uh, downsize from two cars to one. And uh, from the city's perspective – Programs like this can help alleviate parking pressures in our denser urban environments. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are interested in living downtown. A lot of apartments are being developed. 
but along with that comes the need to deal with all the cars these people bring. Uh, if they don't own a car, if they're participating in a program like this, uh, it lessens the, uh, the pressure on the municipality to develop that parking. So I love this program. I think we're going to see it grow significantly in the years ahead. It makes sense on a whole bunch of levels. And I know that if I lived downtown, I'd be a member. Really? I mean, just jumping to the negative, but what do you say? There's six people who want to have the car at the same time. <laughs> well, sure. There will be some growing pains. There's three cars in Troy right now. And uh, as the demand requires, they will add more cars. Yeah, but I imagine they handle that on the app. Well, yes. Yep. Okay. We're talking with the Patrick Madden, who's the mayor of the city of Troy. Ethics complaint. A city councilman's filed a complaint with the City Ethics Commission regarding a long delay in releasing documents to him involving sale of property to city employees, a practice being investigated by the state attorney general. Will you comment on this case? So I, I really don't have too much to say on this. I think, uh, you know, not getting uh, the council member the documents uh, that he requested as quickly as he wanted, it's not an ethics issue. It's a sign of how busy we are. And um, it all could have been avoided if he had just picked up the phone. Uh, I'm more than happy to meet with the Ethics Commission if they decide to to take this matter up. Also, the uh, NYCLU, New York Civil Liberties Union, uh, criticized Troy's nuisance abatement law, uh, saying that it uh, targets residents in minority populated residences. What is the nuisance? I think we've talked about in the past, but can you explain the nuisance abatement law? Sure. The nuisance abatement law is uh, intended uh, to um, change people's behavior. So it is, it's, it's all about creating uh, uh, better neighborhoods. It's not, uh, it's not intended to cause people to lose their housing. It's largely intended to get landlords uh, to be responsible members of the community. The um, the report that you refer to, I, I'm sure the author's intentions were good, but I think they they missed the point here, and they didn't offer a single example of anybody in Troy who who has been harmed by the application uh, of this ordinance. And again, our, our, the purpose is not to shut down buildings; uh, it's to change the behavior of those whose callous actions are harmful to the health of the neighborhood and uh, the residents. And uh, I grant you it may well be that more points are assessed in neighborhoods of color or neighborhoods with a high percentage of low-income residents. Uh, But these are the very neighborhoods where irresponsible absentee landlords uh, prey on our lower-income residents. Uh, These are people who aren't afforded the same housing choices as you or I or or the authors of the report. Mm -hmm. And um, they're taken advantage of by these irresponsible landlords and and, uh, it's degrading the quality of life uh, in too many of our neighborhoods uh, because they fail to maintain their properties, they fail to screen their tenants or remove tenants whose behavior is illegal or harmful to the community. Uh, They're all about collecting rent. And uh, it should really come as no surprise that it is the very residents in these neighborhoods who are uh, petitioning us to use the nuisance abatement program uh, more frequently. Uh, I think the thing to keep in mind that assessing points is only the beginning of the process. Uh, And that process includes input from the residents in the neighborhood. It includes input from our public safety professionals. Um, And it's, um, you know, I think addressing challenges uh, in our lower-income neighborhoods is a very nuanced exercise, and it requires a broad arsenal of tools. 
and and a wide range of input, and we welcome the ideas and input. Uh, but uh, I think counting points in each census tract uh, reveals little or no useful information in that regard. You uh, a couple of trails were in the news. These in the city of Troy, if I understand correctly, the Garnet Douglas Baltimore Trail and the Uncle Sam Trail. What's going on there? Well, both of these initiatives were initiated by residents of the city, and we were happy to work with them on these. I think they simply just, you know, they add to the quality of life. Although people like living in urban areas, uh, they still like to and benefit from uh, experiences in in nature. They like to connect with nature. So bike trails and hiking trails uh, do just that. In Troy, uh, we have some uh, wide open spaces that are absolutely beautiful. They have waterfalls, they have wildlife, uh, and some of them offer great vistas of the uh, Hudson Valley, the Catskills, Albany in the distance. Uh, people want uh, uh, want access to those. They uh, these are um, uh, these are real amenities in our city. And the bike trail uh, links the northern part of the city uh, with um, other trails that you can get you all down, mm-hmm. all the way down to the port of Albany. So it's become part of a regional uh, bike trail. It's a great ride. Um, I've done it several times uh, through Troy down to down to the port of Albany, and a growing number of people are biking to work or biking on errands. So these trails uh, make that uh, more convenient and safer for them as well. As for the names of the trails, Uncle Sam from Troy, of course. Sure. Uh, and uh, Garnet Douglas Baltimore, he was an RPI grad? He was the first African-American RPI graduate. His grandfather came to Troy as a one- runaway slave and uh, set up his home here and his business. And uh, Garnet Douglas Baltimore was the first uh, graduate of RPI with an engineering degree, a first African-American graduate of RPI. Um, he did some uh, quite remarkable work throughout upstate New York uh, and then at one point in time he uh, worked in the city of Troy and he designed Prospect Park which if memory serves me is 84 acres um, and it was um, it was quite a, a, a stunning park at the time and it was modeled after Prospect Park in uh, in Brooklyn. So it's a great park. It's an old trail that connects – uh, South Troy with the park. It's a foot trail. Uh, interestingly enough, I was telling my father, who's 94 years old, really, uh, yeah. that the trail had been reclaimed. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I I remember using that regularly. He said uh, Prospect Park uh, was, in his words, a great spot to go smooching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. Also, um, Troy is working with the disability community. What, what are you, what's going on there? Well, we're committed uh, to providing unifer- universal accessing and creating a welcoming and inclusive environment for everyone. Uh, this initiative, in this initiative, we're taking a look at uh, all of the things we do as a city uh, to make sure we're not inadvertently making it harder for some people to transact business with the city. Uh, now, most people think of wheelchair ramps and, and automatic doors, but this analysis goes goes well beyond that. And this group is going to participate in a uh, departmental-level review of all of the municipal services we offer and provide feedback on ways to uh, improve access to the programs and services. So uh, the input will be used to develop a transition plan. And uh, we've intentionally included members of the advocacy community because I think they'll push our thinking in this regard. 
You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. Joining us was Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com.